0: Welcome to the Fathom Academy podcast, a podcast designed for the people of Fathom Church to be resourced to go deeper with God. I'm Kyle. I'm the youth and digital minister here at Fathom. Thank you for listening in wherever you're at. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about missions. Um, it's it's a, it's a big topic. It's something that um, we as a church uh, could be doing, should be doing, but we are in 2021, and so missions has looked different, if not maybe non-existent the last year or so. Uh, but we want to talk about it because it's really, really important to um, the life of a Christian, life of a Christ follower, as well as the life of the local church. Um, and so that's why we're going to be talking about it. Um, we wanted to bring somebody in that we know this is a, a passion for her, um, who has a huge passion for this and and really a strong connection with um, what Fathom is doing and planning to do in the future regarding missions. Um, and so with us today, we have Karina Bost. Karina, thank you for being here. My pleasure. <laughs> thank you for being in our podcast. Welcome to our podcast studio, which is just a room with some lights. Um, you know, it it works for now. Um, so, Karina, I have to ask you, because we were talking about this a little bit earlier, the weather. Um Were you okay with this past weekend's weather of zeros and negatives?
1: No, I would have preferred 80s and sunshine and probably a beach, but not too close to the beach because I'll do without the sand. But beach adjacent where I could enjoy the waves and the breeze and the summer sun.
0: That is totally me too. Mm -hmm. We live in the wrong state. (laughs) I
1: live in the wrong state.
0: We live in the wrong state, but it's nice today. It's like 30. Which is great. Which um, we were also
1: saying that it's sad when we're like, oh, 30 is a nice day. It
0: warmed up. <laughs> it, it sure did. Um, so uh, before we get into like a bunch of mission stuff, because that's um, why we're we're here today, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell us a little bit for those who are listening and, and might not know you or your family, um, where you grew up, uh, what growing up was like. Um, and then we'll we'll kind of touch on the whole missions, because I know that's a huge part of of who you are and growing up. So we'll kind of get to that, but tell us a little bit about yourself um, from where you grew up, um, your family, all that, all that good stuff.
1: Yeah. So I not only was born into a Christian family, I was born into a very ministry involved family. Um, I was, when I was born, my parents were on full-time staff at camp Idrahaji, which is a Christian camp up in Bailey. I'm sure some of you are familiar with it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I lived there my whole childhood until I was like six or seven, and then, um my dad, like I said, my parents were on full-time staff, really active and involved there, and so I was surrounded by really godly people from the moment I was born. and then we moved from um camp I mean there was a gap year where we were kind of an evergreen, but then we moved down to Southwest Colorado to a teeny, tiny town called mancus um and my dad was a pastor there with an organization called Village missions, and so that's where I Basically comp- completed my whole school life, and I graduated from Mancus. Um Once again, I was a pastor's kid, so I guess I was just kind that of. was a, a
0: big pause. <laughs> I was a I was a pastor's kid. Uh, I mean, go. I guess like,
1: people <laughs> people kind of fill in a lot when you right. say you're a pastor's mm-hmm. kid, and generally they're right. Um, I wasn't like that. I was I was a good kid. I wanted to follow the rules. But I also really wanted to have friends and no one wants to be friends with a pastor's kid, which <laughs> is kind of a sad reality. So I kind of was a little bit more rebellious because I wanted to fit in. Um, and that that was kind of a struggle. But even through that, I mean, God was always my rock. I I look back to when I was a kid and sometimes I'm amazed at my faith and how how close I walked with God, mm-hmm. even from a young age. Um And then I look at that kind of awkward middle school phase where it was like, no, I'd rather have friends than anything else. Mm -hmm. But then Mm -hmm. even just how God really worked in my in my life and kind of captured my heart and pulled me. I mean, I know we're going to talk about missions, so Mm -hmm. we'll we'll get there eventually. But just really how he's missions in my life Mm -hmm. to kind of pull me back to him and just kind of direct my life from there moving forward. That's awesome. Oh, and you want to be talking about my family. So I oh, have, sure. I have three sisters. Um, <laughs> I grew up with three sisters. We're all super close. All of them are also very missionally ministry involved. Um, I'm just really lucky to be surrounded by such a great family. Um, my husband, Kevin, and I met, we were both counselors at Camp Bajrahaji. Um, So my parents met there and got married. My, my husband and I met there, got married. My sister met her husband there and got married. <laughs> my other sister and her husband both worked there, but they knew each wow. other before then. So, yeah, we're very, <laughs> if you want to, you know, have your kid get married to a solid Christian person, send them up to camp, I, I judge, guess is what I'm up. saying. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. And then I have three kids. My oldest, Taylee, is 17. She's a junior. And then Jordan is a sophomore. Oh, no, nope, he's a freshman. He's 15. Freshman. And then Peyton, my youngest, is 11 and in sixth grade. Um. And I just love being their mom and being able to be part of their lives. So I don't know what else.
0: That is awesome. That's perfect. <laughs> um, what do you and your family like to do? What are some fun things you guys?
1: Um, like to do? we love to be outside camping. Uh, most of us love hiking. Haley's not a hiker, but I don't know.
0: Haley, Haley. come on. <laughs> She's totally listening to this. She's going to listen.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna make her <laughs> yeah. just so she can hear our great disapproval yep, of her. Yep. How mm-hmm. can you live in Colorado and not like hiking? Exactly. Um, we love to we love to travel, especially, you know, we love to go to the beach anytime. We can go to the ocean. My kids mm-hmm. love love it. Um they love the mountains and the beach. So they're just like me. Um in that sense. Uh they're all pretty sporty. Haley grew up playing basketball. Jordan has played football. They're also recently becoming very they they're becoming very interested in musical things. Haley's like, Oh, I wanna play the piano. Peyton's like, I wanna play the drums. So it's been fun to watch them. Music was a part of my childhood and my awesome. dad's a huge musician. So it's fun to see them kind get of them in
0: the worship band. Yeah. yeah. Amanda,
1: we're <laughs> sending you,
0: we're sending you some more people. That's awesome. Um, how did, how did you all get to fathom?
1: So we've been parts of, uh, church plants before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've been part of other big churches. Usually the church plants, um, You know, they just go through growing pains and they haven't always worked out. Um, And then we would hop to a big church where it's easy to disappear. Right. And then we would get to the place where it was like. All right, we're just kind of backseat church in it, I guess. I don't know Mm -hmm. what you would call that, but where we would realize like, well, we're just going here because we know we need to go to church, but we don't really want to get invested because we're kind of like working through heartache of. Being part of a church plant, I guess. Um, So about i don't know 5 years ago we my dad was in town my dad lives in thailand which we'll get to that probably mm-hmm. in a minute they're full-time missionaries in thailand he was in the states for um the summer and he's part of an he's part of the acts 29 umbrella as well and so he had heard about fathom being part of acts 29 and he was really excited to check it out. Cause he likes to just build the network with X 29 mm-hmm. pastors. And he's like, knew we were kind of searching for a church and he's like, you just need to go check it out. Um, and at the same time, another friend was like, Hey, come check out fathom. So it was like two people <laughs> in the same week had thrown out fathom. And I'm like, all right, well, I we'll guess. go. Yeah, I guess, <laughs> I guess so. God, I guess you're yelling at me. I, there yeah. might've been some subtle hints before that, that I was kind of like, whatever. Um, so we just ended up at fathom and we had, um, because we had kind of been to so many different churches, Kevin and I both felt like God was just asking us to commit, mm. um, to attend and commit to stay. And um at the time I don't know that we knew what we were signing up for, but at the same time it's been a blessing to know that God has really called us to like just dig in and be part of a church, knowing that all churches are gonna go through something eventually. Mm. And that's not the time for us. It wasn't the time to to abandon or anything. It was a time for us to just really um follow through on our commitment that we made to God. So that's kind of how we got here and been kind of cool to see that connection of two acts, 29 churches across the world um, kind mm-hmm. of build into something.
0: Yeah, that's cool. That's, that's really, really cool. Well, We're glad that you and your family are here. I'm super excited to be hanging out with your kids all the time. Cause your kids are awesome. Um, okay. So, so let's, let's kind of go into missions um, cause that's what we're talking about. What is, what does missions mean to you? Like w- when, when, when we sat down there and when I was just like, hey, let's let's record a podcast about missions. Um, we'll get to it, but we've been talking about youth missions um, and the future of that here at Fathom. But, but as Christians, when we when we kind of throw around this this term of of missions, whether it's missions or mission trips, whatever, what does that mean to mm-hmm. you?
1: Yeah, I think so. For me, I started hearing missionary stories from the time I was little. My mom has always been wanted she would use the flannel graph stories, you know, yeah. and a lot of them were very missionary focused. And so I just remember hearing like Amy Carmichael stories, you know, George Mueller, all those when I was little. Mm-hmm. Um so for me, a lot of it was like it's someone who goes to some exotic country and does something crazy. Like that as a kid, that's what I thought. Um, which was really fascinating. And I I was really pulled into that. Mm-hmm. And so and when I was a sixth grader going into seventh grade that summer I went on my first missions trip. And I realized missions looks like a lot of different things. And what I thought was missions, um, wasn't exactly. How I participated in missions. I went, my first trip was to New Zealand and Australia and we were painting a church Mm -hmm. and I really didn't have any interaction. We had a little bit of interaction with the local people, but at that point I'm like, oh, this is just doing hard work. Um, and that was through an organization called teen missions. And I actually went there a couple of times, me and my sisters, we all went, um, So I kind of had this disjointed view of what missions was. And so I remember from the time I was little, I was always like, mom and dad, we need to just sell everything and move overseas. And in my head, I was like to some remote Island where, where there's no like modern technology, Mm -hmm. some remote village where, you know, there we can do some good. Mm -hmm. And so I would say that over and over again, let's just move overseas to some little place, you know, in my head. Um, And ironically, my parents (laughs) did sell everything and move overseas and not completely to an isolated island. I mean, to Thailand. Um, And at that moment, I realized, wow, they are doing what I felt like I was called to do. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, that was an interesting transition in my life, I guess. But I did. I did learn. Over time, that God calls us all to be involved in missions just in different ways. It wasn't that they had stole my calling, it was that I was wishing for someone else's calling, and I wasn't recognizing how God was equipping me in missions. Um, and I think now we we like to talk about missions, and sometimes it gets mixed up with evangelism. Um, but ultimately, I think of missions as like reaching the lost. People who don't know, people who um, aren't saved. And that's, you know, that's the purpose of a Christian, you know, the Great Commission, Matthew 28, Mm go into all the world. Um, So that does mean people across the ocean, but it also means, you know, it can mean in our neighborhood. I know Mm -hmm. lots of missions, opportunities and missions going on here. But for me and my heart and where I've always felt God pushing is those who never have the opportunity to hear I'm in America, you can there's a church on every corner. Um, you, you have a chance of at least meeting a Christian, if not many, many Christians in your life. Whereas you go to Thailand, a person can live their whole life and never even encounter a believer. So they literally have no opportunity to hear the gospel. And so those are the statistics that get my mind. and those are the ones that kind of break my heart to realize we need to reach out to people who don't have the chance to hear. Um, not to say that here in America, like there's not an important part there, Mm -hmm. but also I think there's a very underutilized part of missions and that's reaching areas. You know, some people don't know what the 1040 window is and that's, um, a part in Asia where they're the most unreached people, like the most people per capita, but also the most unreached. Mm. Um, and you would think that a lot of resources would go to that area, um, which in reality it's only like one penny out of every dollar goes to the most unreached people. Mm. And so um, that's where my heart is, is to really kind of focus on unreached people who never never have a chance to hear the gospel. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Super important. Um, So when, how old were you when your parents, when your dad took that leap of faith to go to Thailand?
1: Yeah. So I actually had just graduated high school in May. And they moved in July. And so my two younger sisters actually got to go to Thailand because they were still students. Right. Uh, they were under my parents. They could get a visa. I was just graduated. I couldn't mm-hmm. get a visa. Um, so, my parents, so I wanted to go with them. But they're like, sorry, you can't go. <laughs> and then there was my sister who was going to be a junior in high school. And she was mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't want to go. Like it was, you know, no junior in high school wants to move right. <laughs> anywhere, yet alone halfway across <laughs> the world. So it was a really funny thing that, you know, she actually ended up, loving Thailand and her and her husband. I mean, she met her husband here mm. in the States, but they went back and were in Thailand for I think 12 years. They were there for well, yeah, they were there for a while. So um just funny how God does <laughs> does work that she, she was so hesitant to go and then yes. ended up there. I was so eager to go yeah. and God's just used me from the other side of the world. Yeah. So yeah.
0: So from then from that moment Um, as you were, as you were graduating, your parents, your family moved, moved to Thailand. What, what has missions been like since then? Kind of till now, once you like started your family and then I'll ask you about what missions looks like with your family and how important that is. So what, what was that after that moment? What was missions in your life?
1: I always joke that, um, my family abandoned me, so I had to start my own, (laughs) Maybe there's a little truth to that. I don't know. (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) Um, so I actually we I got married really young and had kids really young. So for most of our young married lives, I was a stay-at-home mom and my I mean, like that's your first mission field, Mm -hmm. right? Is your kids. Yeah. And so I I loved that, you know, I had the opportunity to be home with them and that um that's kind of where all my energy, my focus went. Mm -hmm. As they got older. Um, I just started, you know, all my kids were in kindergarten. I mean, my my youngest was in kindergarten and I began to realize I had a lot of time and I am not super productive if I don't have something to do. Mm -hmm. So I noticed I had a lot of time and I was being not productive because my kids were in school all day long. And I'm like, I guess I'll just chill here on the couch, watch a movie, maybe five. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So I knew that I needed to do something. So I just kind of, um, started I found the um, Denver Seminary Job Board, or maybe it was Mm -hmm. a CCU Job Board, I don't know, Mm -hmm. because I knew that they were probably posting church or ministry opportunities. And I found a local missions organization that was hiring um, for basically an administrative assistant role. And I applied for that and I got the job and I had shared actually the story about how I had always wanted to go and I, you know, I never got to. Mm-hmm. And my friend, my boss, and she's not my good friend, Um, she, she said, well, it looks like it sounds to me like God's been equipping you to be a mobilizer since you were a little kid. And it was like in that moment that I was like, oh, yeah, I bet you're right. And it was just funny to take an outside voice to realize that missions isn't just going, which I think right. a lot of times... I even think even now, even though I know better, sometimes I think going is missions, Mm. you know, and I think that's a huge misconception in the church that Mm -hmm. missions is going when in reality, it's not just going. There's so many different parts of missions that get overlooked or feel less important or not worth mentioning. Mm. Um, but mobilizing was, was, I realized was my heart and taking my excitement and my passion for missions and passing that on to others was something I could do and something I became very excited about. And Mm -hmm. I just don't know if I, I mean, God obviously ordained all that and lined me up, but I don't know if I would have naturally come to that conclusion or that understanding on my own.
0: That's awesome. Um, your, your family, um, what has, what does missions look like in your family, um, The importance you've put. What what have you? What have you taught your kids about missions? Um, The the importance of it. How has that been? Because I think it's really important for our church to hear. um, As pretty soon we'll talk about like youth missions and that kind of stuff, and Fathom as a whole, and and doing missions hopefully in the near future. Of like, what what does that mean to you and and your family? And how do you teach your kids about this sort of things about missions and not necessarily just going, but doing other things local missions across the world, all that kind of stuff. What does that look like with you and your family?
1: Yeah, I think my kids especially are, they were born into a very unique situation that their grandparents were actually (laughs) missionaries overseas. Mm -hmm. So something that a lot of people aren't overly familiar with, they were, it was just common everyday life for them. Um, You know, all of my kids have been to Thailand. Haley was months old the first time Mm -hmm. she went there. Uh, So she has, my sister has adopted thai children and so you know they're related to 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 local thai mm-hmm. children and they're their cousins and to them it's just like this is just my cousin um so for them i think it feels really normal and just like everyday life mm-hmm. um sometimes i don't think they realize like sometimes their friends will be over and they'll talk about oh well, my missionary grandparents and i don't think that they realize that sometimes especially people who don't believe they'd be like i don't even know what right. that means i mean you can just see it in their <laughs> eyes what? like wait what <laughs> And my kids just think nothing of it. Um, so, and I think because it was such a mainstream part of our life, it that was natural to kind of raise them up in that. And, you know, my parents have always been there to answer their questions or to talk about that, you know, the importance of missions and, mm-hmm. um, and it's been cool to watch my kids kind of grasp that and like claim it as their own Jordan, especially, um, I don't know if some of you remember, but two summers ago, he went on a missions trip to Israel through teen missions, which is the same group I went mm-hmm. with when I was in high school. Um, and, uh, Peyton, he's a little bit more of a homebody. So he's, he's a little bit more hesitant. He wants to go, but mm-hmm. it's still like, I think, well, one, he's young, <laughs> he's <Yeah>. 11, <laughs> but I think, you know, also
0: he'll get there. He'll get there yeah. in,
1: in just, you know, the way God's working in his life. Mm-hmm. And, and even Haley, she, um, has never been as strong as like going, but I think she's, she's recognized the role of mobilizing or praying or supporting. Mm-hmm. So she has recognized the other avenues and realizes it's like, God doesn't call everyone to go, but that doesn't mean I'm exempt from it. And so she's kind of finding her own niche of like, how does she serve yeah. in that context? Um, yeah. So I think, like I said, it's been fun because I have firsthand experience. That my kids can look mm-hmm. at, they've been to Thailand. They've seen the work my dad and his organization and that he's doing through the church there that they're doing. Um, they understand they have a cultural awareness that I think if you're not able to get out of America, you kind of miss. But when you go to Thailand and you go to a village and you see like, oh, these people don't even have clean water. Um, you realize that they're basic like they they have basic needs that need to be met as well as spiritual needs. And I think mm-hmm. it just creates a desire and a passion for them to even just see the lost reached. Um, but also just to be able to serve and love other people. Yeah. I don't know if that answered your question. Yes, it did. Okay. That was perfect. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, you we you talked about one sort of misconception of of, of missions, and that's like, you know, missions isn't just Going there's there's a lot to do. What what are some other misconceptions that you think uh, maybe the church um, kind of throws at people with 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 missions or or gets gets it wrong? Like where do we where do we get it wrong? What are some Mm -hmm. misconceptions when when people are thinking about what missions is versus what it like truly is? Mm
1: -hmm. Um, yeah, I think one misconception in the church is that if a missionary isn't bringing people to faith that they're failing as a missionary, mm, yeah. Um. there have been missionaries in Thailand for over a hundred years and there's still less than 1% mm.
0: Christian
1: in Christians in Thailand. Um, but I don't think a missionary's job, it's just like in your Christian walk, your job isn't to save people. Your job is to love people and through that allow God to save people. And we love people by meeting their me- needs I mean, you know, it's like, Hey, I love you. And I don't really care that you don't have any water to drink. That doesn't really speak love. So I think part of that is, especially when churches send people like, oh, well, how many people did, how many people came to Christ while you were gone in two weeks? And it's like, well, I was there for two weeks. You know, I know missionaries that have been there for four years and they mm-hmm. haven't, haven't seen the fruit of their work, but that doesn't mean that God's not working in what they're doing. Right. I, so I think that's one misconception in, in missions. Um. I think another is that, well, we're here. We need to focus on what's here. And I know I kind of touched on this already, Mm -hmm. like the 1040 window, that one penny on every dollar is, is, that's the only amount going to like the most unreached people. And that's a kind of a heartbreaking statistic. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, and, and, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, I want to go to Europe to do missions. I want to go, which is great. If God is truly calling you there, that's great. But. I don't think I think we like to justify it more than than God is actually doing because I don't think He wants us to send one penny on every dollar to like the most pe- the most lost people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think those are two really big yeah, ones.
0: Those are and those are big ones yeah. for sure. Um, okay, now tell us uh, tell us a little bit about about your dad, what your dad mm-hmm. does, and that connection to Fathom and what that what that looks like.
1: So my dad, like I said, they went over there. I don't know. That was almost 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Not quite. Um, And I think, well, not, I think this, this is what happened. They went over there to teach at an international school. It's kind of funny. It's kind of cool in hindsight to see how God or like orchestrates things, Mm -hmm. but he sent them over there. And initially he was teaching at just an international high school. And then there was a church that they were going to that didn't have a permanent pastor. And so they found out, Oh, you were a pastor the whole time you were in America. Like, come be the pastor of this church. And my dad was like, great. But if I'm going to be a, cause you know, it's a, it's an international church, mostly expats, a lot of missionaries. And he's like, well, if I'm going to be the missionary of the church, I mean, the pastor of this church of missionaries, like I still want to function as a church. And you know, I know you all have your own missions projects that you're doing, but as a church, we still need to have outreach as our church. Um, so he, he became the pastor and through that, they created an organization called the family connection foundation. And that's, kind of the the projects that they do and that the church is involved in as well. I mean, there's lots of other missionaries that are involved in these projects as well. Um so I think over time, um the pastor, I I don't know exactly at what point mm-hmm. um Chiang Mai Christian Fellowship became part of Acts 29, but they did. And my dad has been coming back to the states for the Acts 29 conferences when he's able um, and just using that network to build partnerships and Whatnot, and then, like I said, we kind of came to Fathom. My first day of Fathom, actually, my dad was here, and he went with us, and so we <laughs> met Chris at the same time. And um, I think as Kevin and I became more rooted in Fathom, and the you know the church at that point was still really really new, mm-hmm. and as it was growing, and and the talk of missions started to grow. Um, Chris knew about my dad. He knew about my involvement in a local missions organization, and so. Um, it was an easy fit for me to kind of jump in into missions at that point. Um, but also, you know, we started talking about how we can support missionaries and kind of that wanting to be able to focus on one thing. I mean, it's really easy to to spread your net and and want to support lots of people. Mm-hmm. And I think even as a human who's passionate about seeing God's work, and you do want to support lots of things you're like oh that's really cool i want to be involved in that oh and that's really cool i want to be involved in that um but really to build a partnership with the church um or a program or a ministry in a specific place and build a long-term relationship that takes work and it takes time and it does take an investment and um i think that was something chris and my dad were both excited to pursue and so um you know in the last 2 years it's kind of not entirely been on pause mm-hmm but some of those pieces like being able to send teams over to Thailand or building that connection in person as opposed to kind of at a distance has been on pause but the heart and the passion for that is right. still there um and i know that they you know being able to here's another misconception about missions is that sending a short-term team is a waste of i mean in this there is some truth to both sides of this mm-hmm. that it's a waste of money because really when you know people are hungry or you're meeting physical needs of people, the money is more well spent Mm -hmm. in theory on meeting those needs. But when you're building a connection and that's an investment over time, that that increases the value of sending people and the money that you're not sending to support hungry people, um, uneducated people, whatever. Um, So I think that's the importance of establishing a long-term connection is that you can go somewhere once and invest all this money, come back, and then like, you kind of break all those strings that you connected, and if you don't follow up, it can actually do more harm than good. Mm-hmm. And so we don't we don't wanna do harm, we don't wanna, I don't know if any of you are familiar with like, when helping hurts, but it's kind of that concept that you can go do a short-term trip, but then you kind of cut all strings yeah. and it, it does more damage than good. So for us, um, we feel like it's important to really just build that connection. Um, and mm-hmm. like I said, we're kind of, um in the infant stages of that but it is kind of our heart to really um build that connection and establish yeah. a working partnership between both both churches
0: yeah definitely um yes when helping hurts <laughs> good book i we're going to we're going to link to that below in the show notes cuz that i read that in seminary and after being on um quite a few mission trips growing up mm-hmm. as as a youth um and reading that reading that book just really puts things into perspective of why are you going? Mm-hmm. Um is it is it the I mean I never even thought of could this be harmful? <laughs> like could this be hurting these people more than 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 helping them? Because mm-hmm. we always just thought, hey, we were teenagers,
1: mm-hmm.
0: we're gonna help them. Like that all we're do, what we're doing is helping them with everything. Um so that's that's a very That's a very important book and something that that definitely um, we need to think about when we're, when we're talking about missions. Um, What is your, what is your passion for, um, for, for youth missions and Mm -hmm. even, even, even children in missions, let's Mm -hmm. talk, talking about the next generation and missions. What, what is, what is that passion that you have for them?
1: Yeah. So like I said, I worked for a missions organization here locally and they focus on mobilizing and their main demographic is post high school. And while I was working there, it just really hit me that our children and our youth are the ones that need to be exposed because especially by the time you're in high school, I mean, I'm looking at my daughter who's a junior and every day she's, you know, praying about what does God want me to do? Um, and if the church isn't making them or helping them be aware of missions in a real tangible sort of way, not like, hey, we just do one week missions trips every summer mm-hmm. and we want our youth to go on it. And when then we send our youth on it and they come back and then that's the end of it. Mm-hmm. You know, if they don't ever build on that, um, these kids really aren't actually being exposed to true missions and like what that can mean in their lives and how it should mean something in their lives. Um, so you know, if you're not exposing your youth and your t- your your children and your youth to to missions, then when they're planning their future, they're kind of missing or could be potentially missing a huge piece of like how God's calling them. You know, even if it's like, Hey, I want to be a doctor and go to med school. Um, you know, how's God going to mm-hmm. use that in your life? If you, you know, if you rack up all this student loans and God's actually calling you to go, that could really delay your time and going. Um, so I just really felt a burden for teenagers, especially, um, to, mobilize them and expose them and encourage them and be able to walk alongside them to answer their questions and to instill truth in them and just, you know, have a really biblical view of what missions is, um, to really process how God is calling you to be involved and what that looks like. And as you're looking at your future, what is it that God is calling you to? Mm -hmm. And, you know, are you brave enough to pursue that?
0: Yeah. That's awesome. So I'll, I'll I'll tell you this, Church. If you're listening, um, and 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 I'll I'll just say this. We have uh the fact that Karina had such a, a such a passion for youth and even kids and and just missions in general here at Fathom. Um, I mean, she came to me saying, Hey, you're the you're the youth guy. Let's let's start talking about youth mission trips. And we've been talking about it. We are really excited about um what's coming up we're putting some plans in place where um where we can start doing something this year in 2021 even though we have a lot of restrictions travel everything like that we're still in a pandemic um but we are we are starting to see what missions looks like here at fathom and we really want that to be a part of not just Um, the adults at, at, at fathom, we want that to be a part of every age group here. Um, starting from kids moving through youth and then, and then through the adults as well. And so, um, so I'll just say that now we are, we're working on some things. We're not going to talk about specifics right now. Um, but just be excited about that. Um, no matter what age you are, be excited about the, the future of, of missions here at fathom and what, what that could kind of. Kind of look like, and so I guess one of my last questions for you is is what um what are what are some of your hopes when hopes and dreams when it comes to um missions here at fathom, mm-hmm. and you don't have to say specifics because we know some yeah. specifics but- <laughs>
1: um, I would love to see fathom youth get to a point where youth didn't question is missions for me, that alternatively it would be, how is missions Mm -hmm. for me? I would love that it to be so ingrained in the culture of this church that missions is something I'm called to just how, um, I would love to see that, um, you know, just to see kids grow up and fully pursue God and to Mm -hmm. just love people, um, you know, that brings joy to anybody. And just to know, you know, that your kids are growing up and really seeking God, Um, So just really giving them a tangible way to live that out and to just expose them. Um, Like I said, there is huge value in sending youth. A lot of times sending youth trips feels like that when helping hurts because Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you could be sending them. And, you know, especially if we're thinking about the connection in Thailand, if you send people to Thailand, they don't have the language. So automatically have a language barrier. So it's not like they're going to be, you know, sharing the gospel one on one with people in Thailand because you can't, if you don't have, um, that, but that doesn't mean that that trip is without cause, especially if that cause bill is, is a stepping stone in their personal walk with Christ. And if you can mm-hmm. use that when you come home to build in their life into something, um, far greater than they were expecting. Um, I think that's a lot of times when helping hurts is because they come home and you're like, all right, that was a great trip. Peace out. And, yep. and then the kid's like, wait, I have all these questions, like I experienced this, what do I do with that? And, you know, it's especially because, you know, we've all been in that emotional, I mean, that spiritual high, that mountaintop experience, and then you come down and if you don't have a way to process that with someone, um, then you kind of, it kind of fizzles away into nothing. So that's another big passion of mine with thinking of youth missions and fathom, um, is just being able to take anything we do. A, I want it to be super intentional, but I also want it to be very intentional through the whole process, mm-hmm. process, including debriefing and follow-up and just taking everything that they do and experience and applying it to their life and asking what's next and how. Those are those are really important to me.
0: Yes, those are all those are super super important. Uh we we are times up on this podcast week. I mean, we could talk about this for <laughs> hours and this will not be the the first nor the last time we talk about missions on the podcast, we'll we'll um, we'll have Karina back a lot more um, to talk about this, as well as to talk about what missions looks like in the future for Fathom and even specifics. And we're just Church. We want you to start thinking about that now because because um, we are we're, we're we're thinking about it a lot and what what it can look like here at 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 Fathom um, in connection with Thailand, like you'll be hearing a lot of these things coming up in the near future. Um, but thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being a part of this. Um, I'm sure we'll have you back on again. Uh, thank you for, I personally want to thank you for everything you're doing with the, the youth, um, and the youth missions stuff and everything that we're starting to kick off with that. We're really, really excited. It's, it's going to be cool. This year will look a little different, but we have plans for the future that, um, That'll be really, really awesome. And so, but thank you so much for listening church. We love you and we'll catch you next time.